on last week's episode. Uh, you know, those three key pointers, man. You know, it's it's even what I speak with my uh, clients around, you know, their emotional well-being, mental health stuff, you know, wrapped around what are we focusing on? What are we paying our attention to? We all know number one currency on this planet right now, brothers and sisters, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, people are looking for your attention and your intention. So you've you got to think about where your intention is going and what you're paying attention to, claiming your retention. And this can help form those foundations, to create those habits in our daily life. I really do believe in what we're starting to open up now on this planet, my brothers and sisters. And look, we're still here in the land down under, practice with our traditional medicines. The future is not so much about healthcare, my brothers and sisters. It's going to be about self-care. Welcome to Real Men, Real Talk, live! And the host of the show. My name is Jay Rothman. Uh, Jeff Fasano and Josh Richer are both off this evening on uh, doing some work on on somewhere in the universe. Uh, but this evening uh, we will miss them. But I'm excited to introduce our. We have a special guest co-host this evening. We have Danny Morley coming in from San Diego area. Welcome to Real Men Real Talk Live, Danny. Thank you so much. So blessed to be here. Of course, we have Evis Love, the man of the land from down under. Welcome back, Evis Love. As always, brother, pleasure. Thanks for coming on, brothers, and sort of miss our brothers, Jeff and Josh, but always here in spirit. There you go. And, of course, we have Soaring Bear. He calls uh, Sedona, Arizona home. He's my neighbor just down the road. Welcome to Real Men Real Talk Live, Bear. Absolute pleasure to be part of this group, guys. I'm excited for tonight. Let's make it happen. So as we wait for our viewers to uh, jump online and join us, if uh, viewers, if you have any questions that should pop up, uh, feel free to drop them in, in the comment section and we'll do our best to, uh, to bring up uh, as many as we can uh, with the time allowed. Uh, but in the meantime, in our production meeting, just a couple of 24 hours ago, Danny, uh, we invited Danny to pick the topic and he said, you know what? I want to jump into a, what, the, what is the meaning of manhood? What does that really mean? So Danny, uh, I'm going to put you in a hot seat and invite you to kick us off, get us hot, light us up and get the show going tonight on Real Men, Real Talk Live. The meaning of manhood. Why was it so passionate for you to uh, want to dive into it tonight? Yeah, well, 
This is a big wound that's been showing up a lot recently, this whole idea of a manly man. Uh, and what that means, what does it mean to be a man in, in this current place we're at in society? And this is something that I've had some real insecurities about since I was a kid. And a lot of this stems from childhood and always been such an emotional guy, like someone who was very tapped into their feelings, very sensitive. Like I'd be the kind of guy that I'd go on a date with a girl and watch a movie and I'd be the one crying and she'd be the one be like, what, what are you doing? Like, and I've always just been that way. Uh, ironically, the one emotion I've really struggled to feel was anger. And generally what I've seen now, I, I do a lot of this inner work in society. It's flip-flopped where men aren't really allowed to feel emotion except anger. And so growing up in a world, and obviously I'm speaking generally, like growing up in a world like that, I kind of look at me and I'm like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I so emotional? And why are they not? Maybe I'm not like them. Maybe I'm, I'm not a man. And so that led to just uh, led to a lot of questioning. And it's been, you know, I do this like everyone else here. I do this amazing deep inner work, constantly working on myself, trying to heal. And this is really what's been coming up in the last couple of weeks is where do I feel this unworthiness, this inadequacy? And uh, I know a lot of it has stemmed from physically. I've always been thinner. I've always felt weak. I've always felt small. I'm sure other men can relate to this, but I got bullied when I was a kid. Um, and so I carried for a long time a lot of those wounds of like powerlessness, smallness, victim, being bullied, feeling inferior. And I know that relates to some level of these wounds that are showing up. Um, and I've always really regarded like, oh, a man is, he looks like this. He has, he's big, he's strong. And now I'm starting to question, well, maybe actually what a man is, is more of like an energetic thing. So I'm really excited to be with three men and hear their journeys with all this uh, and learn tonight. Beautiful, brother. Absolutely magic. And as always, man, um, you know, honor your story. Um, thanks for sharing it. It's always the first step, particularly, you know, as we come into uh, this new earth or new way of living, I think, um, you know, we, we can never talk enough about what's really going on, particularly with the masculine energy, because when we look in particular areas as well, um, you've seen an emasculation of the mas masculine energy um, as the feminine energy really is on the planet at the moment. Now, when I talk about, you know, being a man, when I talk about being a woman, either vice versa, you know, we can look at this a few different ways, and I'm sure we're going to discuss them, you know, tonight. We can look at this as a biological way. We can look at this as a cultural way. We can look at this as a societal way. And we can also look at this as an energetic way. You know, with my upbringing, and I've shared my story plenty of times, 160-odd uh, shows uh, in deep. But, um, you know, when we grow up as that young guy, and, and like you said, man, like, um, you know, whether... The father um, wasn't the real model or the role model that helped guide you into the planet or guide you through your life um, may not have been emotionally available or your emotions could have even been shut down. You know, we here in the land down under, um, I don't think, you know, it discriminates, man. Um, you know, I was always told I'd really have something to cry about if I showed my emotions. 
um, you know, some of those sort of taglines which really hit home and it really caused me to go into a shell being able to express my emotions. Now, I had to put my hand up. I had to take the responsibility in the household as my mum was a single mum with two boys. And um, I felt as the young fella, even as at those uh, younger ages, that I had to take responsibility as the male. Now, you could only imagine some of that hit being taken onto a young kid to try and take responsibility. I wasn't going to be able to take responsibility, man. So we can take those in then into our adulthood. And unfortunately, even from my own uh, personal experience, you know, it really rubbed off on particular relationships that I went into, not only with the feminine energy, but also in despite of the certain masculine energy. So it can go either way. And what I've been able to find on my journey now is that through my own solitude, through a healthy group of brotherhood, and through being able to, you know, do my own shadow work, I've been able to balance out those particular energies within my own being. So, yeah, man, I'm going to pass it over to Bear. That's just a quick share to start off, brothers. Beautiful. Guys, it's fantastic. Um, Danny, I was the opposite of you. I'm a big dude, and I've been a big dude for a long time. And unfortunately, with that also comes intimidation from other people, whether I was nice or not. My voice is booming, so everybody seemed to have this thing like I was angry. And I was angry. I had a lot of wounds that I was working through, but I didn't have the opportunities to be the softer side until I realized that I needed the softer side. Because once relationships start, then you have to have that balance. You have to be that that in-between, bring the feminine and the masculine into it. But I didn't know what that meant because I was the big dude. I was the one that always had the boisterous approach to life. So I was still unworthy. It doesn't matter what you wow. look like. It, it makes a difference to who you feel you are. And when you're wounded, you're wounded. And I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough, even as a big dude. And it wasn't, I didn't think I was a good looking person either. And I didn't believe in myself. And mom and dad weren't there to guide me into that understanding. They weren't there as the, as the role models that I needed. And I didn't see that until I was well into my early 30s. So when does it happen? It happens when it happens. When you finally get that moment of saying, when am I going to step into me? When am I going to step into who I feel I'm supposed to be? Instead of all of this stuff outside of me and all these stereotypes because being big doesn't mean you're a man. Being small doesn't mean you're not a man. Being a man means you're being who you are. You're true to yourself. And it means the most when you bring yourself to the table of whatever table is in front of you. I mean, it's really not about going to the gym. It's about going, going home and taking your home gym and the exercises within your home to bring the best man to the table, the best woman to the table, wow. the best balance to the table. Wow. I think we've got a show here. You know, it's, it's this is blowing me away, and I'll tell you why. Um, Danny, your story was my story. I was, I, was, I was a thin kid. I was a really skinny kid. My dad um, didn't teach me. I didn't have that natural ability in sports. 
So I didn't excel. I wasn't a real physical kid. I was more of a, you know, back in the day, they called it a sensitive kid. And, um, and, and I wasn't okay with that. My father wasn't okay with that. And the bullies weren't okay with that either. So Danny, listening to you is like you were describing my childhood. But I'm going to say this, and this is the truth, because what I just heard between you and Bear say, size doesn't matter. I had no idea. I always, you know, even as an adult, Bear, I don't, I never asked you how tall you are, but you're well over six foot. I don't know if you're six two or six four. Six or two. Six, six two. Yeah. Um, but I've always often wondered what would it have been like if I was born over six feet tall? I, I wouldn't have met been... you, man. I wouldn't have met you. Don't change anything. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take that as a, I'll take that as a thank you. Uh, but yes, so what I'm learning is, is, you know, we've been living in a society where we, we always think it's about size, right, Danny? Absolutely. And, you know, there was a period of my life where I was manning up. I was going to the gym. I was building significant muscle in my 20s. And, um, and, and it really didn't change how I felt about myself. And it didn't really change the quality of the relationships that I was attracting in. Because the relationships, relationships I was attracting in was right where I was at, right here in my own heart. You know, as that wounded young adult showing up attracting wounded young women in my life, right? So what are you making of all this, Ed? Because you're, you're a pretty fit guy. You, you still, uh, you're passionate about uh, health and wellness, and you, uh, you've got a beautiful physique, if I may say. Um, you're, strong, you're a strong man. But where does that play into manhood, and what is the meaning of manhood for you today? Yeah, thanks, my brother. And look, the, the, the thing is, is that we've got to still understand, understand and understand, brothers, that men, there is a physical component. And it's something that can't be lost, you know, like it's we just got to go back in evolutionary terms. You know, as a, a First Nations Indigenous men of this land in the land down under, when we were born into the tribe, like I've all mentioned before, you know, you, you always had that brotherhood around you. You had a group of brothers, you know, you had uncles, you had other fathers, but you knew your roles and responsibilities within that tribe straight from the get-go. Now, obviously, it was a physical component for the men to be able to protect that tribe. It was a physical component for the men to go out and actually hunt and gather. So there is a physical component that we have to take in to an account. But fast forward the story further along the line into the so-called modern world. What we've started to see and why I still get a lot of guys that I coach to really zone into the physical component as much as the energetic side is that with the physical component, it allows a healthy challenge. Now, a healthy challenge for a masculine is very healthy. It's only toxic if it goes into competition. That is when you start to look out in the external and start comparing yourself to anyone, anything, or anybody on the outside world. When we actually look at a healthy challenge, I'm talking about, you know, you may go to the gym, but what does that do for you? Well, as a masculine energy, brothers, it gives you routine and structure. We are men. 
We were built to build things in an external world as much as we are internal with the feminine energy. So it is just as important to be able to utilize and integrate some of these practices into our daily life, not only for healthy challenge, but for your confidence, your clarity, you being able to feel good within yourself. It has nothing to do with anyone or anything on this outside world. I'd love to speak on that because, um, yeah, I really agree. But um, my physical body, I've I've chased after that, that feeling good. And it's injury after injury. And when I go to, um, I've been to multiple physical therapists, multiple mobility coaches, you name it, I've tried it. And everything leads me back to the tension, the pain that's in my body, which now as I've started to heal the energetic side of it, I can feel that it's showing me that I was always supposed to hit a roadblock because that physical aspect, it was never supposed to bring me the the feeling good within. Only going within can really bring that. And I'm not there. I'm not, and there's still part, I was at the gym today, there's still part of me that looks at like other men who are really in shape and I'm like, still there's still a part of me that wants that and i know it's the part of me that um, is still attached to this idea of what i think a man is and the journey that i'm personally going through and i can tell it's what my soul wants me to experience is to fully surrender that whole idea that i need to feel good within my physical body but then there's a balance there of course like we need to remain healthy um but that internal strength that's where the the strength of the masculine or anyone comes from because you know these are these are energies that we all have just in different levels you know uh, women have masculine energy men have feminine energy and uh i i just really there's still this part of me that wishes i could go to that gym and really feel good um in the way that i used to when i used to go but um yeah, my, my body is kind of like guiding me on a different journey in this life. I'm going to shift gears right here, right now. And Danny, since you're in a hot seat, I'm going to keep you in it just for a moment. I want to shift into relationships as men. Uh, whether we are in relationships with women or we're, we're in relationships with other men as friends or even in, on the intimate level, we're talk, let's talk about the intimate relationships that we may be in today. Um, or we've been in in the past. Do you yeah. have any any sense of, for example, I believe you're in a relationship with Ellie, Ellie Lee, I believe is pronunciation of her name. And I'm curious, how does how does that oil dial into then you as a man showing up in this intimate relationship? Are you conflicted? Uh, does she bring you any type of uh, peace around how you are showing up as a man? Are you are you um, are you at peace? Are you showing up as a man? Or is there some confusion? How to show up? You know, what 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 do we think as men? Ultimately, what is the meaning of manhood? What is the meaning of a healthy relationship with a man? And how have you experienced? And I'm gonna, this is uh, we're gonna volley this around. You're not gonna be the only one in a hot seat. So Bear, you got a moment here to think about that as well as you have. But uh, Danny, what do you make of that? Yeah, well, we'll start off with obviously my relationships. 
before the one that I'm in now have been less than I can walk all divine. I've definitely fallen into a lot of the toxic, toxic masculine traits. And there's things that I've had to really look at that I am not proud of the way that I would show up to women, the objectification, the lust, all these kind of lower energies that I've been working on healing over the past couple of years that I do not bring into the relationship that I'm in right now. And yeah, there's some, some versions of me that I'm not proud of uh, for sure from my past. But the relationship I'm in now is very different to anything that I've been in before. And and actually a lot of things that like when I hear other partnerships, it's very different to that. We just take radical responsibility for ourselves in every way. And I honestly, I'm the I'm still this is part of this conversation is understanding, trying to understand more masculinity and masculine energy because what I'm experiencing in terms of the masculine and the partnership I'm in now is I'm able to stay more stable. I'm able to be more grounded and provide that energy of safety, but also I'm super tapped into my feminine, my divine feminine. So I am also the spaciousness for her and the work that her and I practice is we never are looking for something from each other. If we can offer each other something extra support, fantastic. But the way that I show up is the same way that she shows up. We take radical responsibility for our own stuff. We never look at each other for something that we may need. Um, and therefore that is part of what leaves me to questioning like, well, what really is a man then? Is there a difference really between the difference between a man and a woman in terms of the way that they should show up in society? Or is it just the fact that we have a different energetic balance and we have an orientation towards more being naturally more stable, safe and grounded versus the expansive fluidity of the feminine? I don't know. And that's, that's I'm fascinated to hear everyone's thoughts. Bear, you're up, man. What do you, uh, what do you, what do you make of this? Um, valid points, of course. I mean, here we are trying to figure the balance, the balance between our own masculine and feminine. When, when I finally matured, <laughs> it was about 15 years ago. Um, but there was still parts of me that needed to branch out, and the branching out happened to be the the desire for my feminine side to be more a part of my life. Um, why? I've, why? Because I knew that I wasn't all that masculine. I knew that it wasn't me. I knew Ooh. that the, the, the thing I was trying to portray was something that never felt right. Wow. It never felt like that was who I was. I would, I would walk the walk because it looked good because it appeared that way. But when I finally stepped into my understanding of who I am and to really get in touch with the real me, then my heart became the part that showed up and my brain didn't have to walk. It just got to follow the lead. And the lead was from my heart. It's not about what society is showing us. It has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with your belief in who you are, your love, Danny, that you have for yourself is shifting, has shifted. And you're starting to see the truth, which is making your brain go, what the hell is the truth? The truth is not your brain. The truth is your heart. That is it exactly it. Right from your heart. Yes. Oh, beautiful. 
Yeah, yeah. can you repeat that, Beth, for our, for our viewers? No, Middle I East can't Middle repeat time. anything I say. Oh, that, it, that's it's, because it's coming through you, right? It, it's it, it's coming. Let your heart be the guide. It's. I say this to so many people yes. is dis, decisions are made from your heart. Actions are taken from your brain. Allow your heart to be the guide, and then your brain will just walk into it the way it needs to. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I'm thinking of a name change tonight. <laughs> it's no longer Soaring Bear. It's Teddy Bear. <laughs> you know, I'm going to share a truth with you guys here. We're live. We're, we're coming in across the globe. But here's my truth is when I met Bear, um, we met um, beginning of the year. We, we and I, both Bear and I, we, we are practitioners for a local Sedona business. We'll give him a little plug, Sedona uh, Soul Adventures. And when I met Bear, I fell in love with you. I literally fell in love with you. I fell in love with your soul. I fell in love with your heart. I didn't, I never saw you as a as a as an intimidating guy. When I and when I there's such a disconnect between your size and stature and how you show up. I mean, yeah. there are times where Bear and I will meet in early morning because he and I he he and I he's doing a land session. I'm doing a land session, or one of us is going to be in the office space, and we just connect. We connect eyes to eyes, and all of a sudden his eyes are swelling up and my eyes are swelling up and we've we've had those moments where the tears just flow and and here's the truth it doesn't matter where we are where we are when when it hits and we feel connected as men that to me is the meaning of manhood is that right. when you feel safe no matter where you're at and the last time we actually literally held hands practicing a <laughs> uh, a technique that uh, that you were inspired to share with me we're in a in a massive part of downtown Sedona. We're holding hands, and all of a sudden, I look at him, and all of a sudden, we start talking, and he's swelling up, and I'm swelling up, and I'm like, if anybody was to film this, nobody would believe this is like this is not a movie taking place here. This, but that was real. Yeah, that was real. From the heart, from the heart, man. It's the only right. way to go. It's the only way to go. So, coming back to the question that that Danny answered. How does this impact the relationship that you're in today or your past relationships as far as you learning about 15 years ago to tap into the true essence of both the masculine and feminine divine energy and learning how to balance the two of them? How is that? Is your relationship with your current partner different than past relationships because of that? 100% never experienced it like this before. And, and the reason is because we were willing to step into honesty, trust and compassion kindness care we actually care about each other we we care about each other to the point where it's it, it doesn't matter what's around us it doesn't matter what what each of us is going through we're going to be there for each other through the masculine energy that she holds or the feminine that i hold it doesn't matter because it's about how we're both feeling about each other and the and the reason why we're together is not because of the social aspect of it. We found each other exactly when we were supposed to. We stumbled across each other in an AMPM gas station, but it became something because she allowed me to be who I am. She provided me a space, a safe space within her masculine understanding, a safe space so that I could be who I was and not play any games. 
And in turn, I brought that and said, bring yourself, bring who you are to me. Show me the masculine side and the feminine side. Show me your playfulness. I'll show you mine. It wasn't about what everyone else in town or around the world cared, thought about. It was about what we felt. And we felt safe. We felt at peace with each other. And it was completely different than anything I had ever experienced. Completely. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I'll just say right here, right now. Welcome home, Bear. Welcome home. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. There's no place. Once you experience that as a man, there's no place. I'm going to speak for myself. I'd rather be. You know, I'm, I'm at peace with it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it sure beats getting physically sick because you're holding it in. And as men, you know, that's what we're taught. I suppressed it like my father did. My father had a heart attack when he was 44. I was right behind him at 48, you know. He, he beat me by four years, you know. Damn it, he, he beat me in that race. And it wasn't, it wasn't for any other reason. Was in was that I didn't know how to, to express my feelings and my emotions in a healthy way. And I didn't feel safe to. I suppressed them. And that's what causes the perfect storm for medical conditions to pop up. It's not a question of if, it's only a question of when. So I have you in a hot seat right here, right now. How, how, I don't know if you're in a relationship today or not, but have you had the experience yet uh, as the man that you have evolved into um, being more and more aware, consciously living as a, um, as a man that uh, I, I, I sense is, has some uh, deeper uh, healthy balance within. How has that affected whether it be an intimate relationship or, or any relationship in your life today? Mm, I mean, it's a loaded question, my friend, but I'm just going to you know, piggyback on the uh, back end of my brothers and what they're talking about as well. I'm in a beautiful relationship at the moment, and that's the one with myself. You know, it's taken me a long time to walk back home to this relationship. I lost myself in many relationships, brothers and sisters. And unfortunately, when I lost myself along that process, I dimmed my light, man. I see too many brothers out here dimming their light in relationships. You know, happy wife, happy life. No, brothers, no. Happy wife, happy life. It's something and it's a belief system that will easily bring you down of your masculinity. Now, the relationship that I talk from within is me bringing my balance to the masculine and the feminine energy. That had to take some work and it had to take some relationships to go through. But as we go into this new earth and this way of being, and I've talked about this on previous show, as we walk into partnerships, becoming a part of a connection that is not based on wounding and attachment. Now, what has happened to so, so many men and women, we've walked into relationships unhealed. We haven't done the shadow work. So we go in falling and leaning onto the other person to fulfill our emotion of fulfillment. That sets us up. That sets us up for chaos. And unfortunately, that's why you see the separation and, you know, um, a lot of the control aspects that start to go into a relationship. But before you move on, Jay, I just wanted to also talk about when we think about, you know, where are we coming from up here or down here? We just got to look at it. any ancient scripture, any cultures, 
what are they always pointing to? They are always pointing to there to go to there. Why is that? What's the middle ground? It's the expression. See, too many of us for too long, this is the bridge, the throat chakra. We were suppressing, we were depressing, causing us depression. So we have to decompress some of this emotional that we couldn't express within any of these relationships. So then we can express in our own divinity, in our own soul. And then I don't go looking out for that person to fulfill any of my emotions anymore. I will align and I will attract that person into my life. I think we got a show. We could call it a wrap here, man. Wow. I mean, each one of you guys just keep dropping these wisdom hits on me. I'm lit. And I just came off of an incredible day. I had a, I had a play day today with myself. And I took it to one of the most sacred spots and probably in the U.S., uh, definitely in Sedona. And boy, was I lit. And uh, wow, you guys just took me to that whole other level of ascension right here, right now. And by the way, uh, our board's lighting up. Um, men and women are saying they love the name Teddy Bear. <laughs> Bear, I, I, I think I've opened up a can of worms tonight. Or maybe you opened up the can of worms and I just spilled it over. Probably, probably. I'm good with it. Whatever everybody wants to call me, I don't care. There you go. If they love it, if they love me, love me. There you go. There you go. Well, I want to I want to shift this one more time uh, in tonight's episode. I want to talk a little bit about um, what do I want to talk about? <laughs> you know, you know where I want to go. I. Um, Evis, this is a big one for you. you. You've mentioned in so many episodes the rites of passage for men. What, is, what does that mean, Danny, for you? What does the rites of passage mean for you? As yeah, you I, actually, I actually um, created one uh, for myself unknowingly. Um, a couple. I lived in Colorado for before um, here in San Diego and uh, lived there for around five years. And in Colorado, they have um, these mountains called the Fortinas. There's 58 of them peaks which go higher than 14,000 feet and um I did the first year I was there I did like one or two and it was really fun and next year I did maybe three and the year after that I was really struggling with my mental health and so I decided well let me go on a rite of passage I didn't realize that's what I was deciding at the time and it was let me try and climb all 58 of these peaks and I started going after them and, and really trying to prove to myself. That's what I can, I can feel back now. It was like, I was trying to prove to myself that I'm capable. I am a man. I am enough. I can do physical things. I can push through pain. I can endure. I can go into the wild because it takes going, you know, going into the wild on your own. I can do dangerous things. I can get lost and navigate myself back. And it turned into a multiple year journey of climbing these peaks which are dangerous people die in them every year um it's some of them are really technical and it was super fun it was uh i i climbed them all i've, I've got one left i've got that the the kind of the hardest one left i left colorado and i thought i'll leave something to come back for so i might knock it out this year or next we'll see but um yeah I, so i created my own rite of passage unknowingly 
And to me, it was all about like that journey into manhood to test myself, to challenge that. If you used that word earlier, like to challenge myself. But ultimately, what I realized through that journey is that, again, like no thing outside of me, no challenge is ever going to be enough if inside there's a part of me that feels inadequate or not enough. And um, so, yeah, I, I did my own kind of rite of passage. And it will kind of, I, I didn't, technically didn't finish because I've left the last uh, mountain to climb still. Um, but it it's something that I really value. And I think it's a wonderful tradition that we had, you know, in ancient cultures. And it's not something that I ever got brought up through. And I think yeah. looking back on my childhood or my teenage years, I was just craving something. I was craving a, a leader like that to come into my life and guide me and take me on rites of passage and endure hardship and endure challenge and test my own will, test my spirit and find myself. And I think those rites of passage, that's what it's all about. And that's what I was doing on these mountains, spending days, like many days searching on my own for the peak of this mountain, sometimes in the snow, sometimes in the rain, putting my life at risk sometimes. And uh, yeah, it's all just to find the self, but it's never out there. It's, as you mentioned there, it's within your own heart. And until I started doing the inner work that I do now about connecting to the heart and healing these wounds that I started to realize I don't need to climb that last mountain to be enough. And that's why I left it. I was like, I can come back to that at any moment. It, it, that mountain means nothing to do with my inadequacy. That yeah. all comes from within, but I'm still, as I mentioned, I'm still on this journey with that. Beautiful. D Danny, I love that. go ahead there. I'd love to say beautiful journeys, beautiful journeys on the physical side. The last mountain you have is actually the one inside you. It isn't 100%. that last 14er. It's yeah. the one inside your heart and soul. You, bringing that, that clarity, um, rite of passage has a different meaning depending on where you're at on the planet. I think Evis and, and, and my understanding is from the ancestors, it was not just a an age thing. It wasn't just a man thing. It was a, it was an understanding of who you are. That was exactly what the ancestors brought to the table for rite of passage. It was like a baptism into knowing you, not into um, necessarily the physical accomplishments, although they sometimes played a role because they still have to know how far are you willing to go to climb that mountain. And that mountain's in you. It has nothing to do with outside of you. So yeah, absolutely. Beautiful, beautifully done, beautiful challenge to take. Yeah. But we got one left. We got one left. So and I'm going to go ahead. What's but that, I'm Danny? Not, I'm on my way. I'm not to the beautiful. top yet. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still trucking. Well, I, I, don't know if we ever, I don't know if we ever quite get there. I'm going to share my, my, this is my truth. My right, my right of passage was, I grew up in the Northeast of the U.S., not too far from you, uh, uh, Bear. Um, yeah, I know you grew up in Vermont. I grew up in New York area, New York Metro. But I remember the first time I bought a men's suit and a tie, dress socks, uh, dress shoes, and a white collared shirt. And I got dressed up. And I looked in the mirror. And in that moment, that was my rite of passage as a man. In that moment, I looked in the mirror. And for the first time in my life as a 20 and a half year old, I felt good. I liked what I saw. I felt that 
power suit became my power suit, like for some going to the gym and getting them big muscles is, right? For me, it was putting a men's suit on. I looked in the mirror and I said, That's, this is who you are. You're going to be a powerful businessman. That's my truth. That was my rite of passage. But let me tell you something. It was a lie. I wore that suit for years, for decades. I wore them out. I couldn't buy them fast enough. It didn't matter how expensive the suit was. It never filled me up. It only filled me out. But it never filled me up. It wasn't until I, I literally hit my rock bottom at age 54. And I, for the first time in my life, understood This journey, the rite of passage for me was coming home here, here. I had nothing left. I stripped that suit off. I just wanted, I just wanted to go down on my soul, find my way home. The suit meant nothing anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about tonight. That is the rite of passage. It has nothing to do with the external. It has nothing to do with, I had the power. I had the, 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 the powerful cars. I had the homes. I had, I, had the, I had it all. But inside, I was empty. That's the true essence of the rite of passage. At least it was for me. What do you make of that, Ev? What's your mm. rite of passage mean for you today? Beautiful, all you brothers. And as always, thanks for sharing the stories, man. It's always our heart felt and very warming. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, uh, being brought up in uh, traditional culture here in the land down under and many ancient cultures, like you said, Brother Bear, um, you know, uh, our rites of passage, you know, I can't disclose all of it, obviously, for cultural res respect. Um, but, you know, like parts of it, you, you may have been sent on that bit of a vision quest as a young Pura, uh, young boy in, in, in um, you know, our language. And funnily enough, uh, parts of that rites of passage when you were sent out into the bush in nature you know you, your mum may have been actually watching from a certain area your behavior how your actions are with another group of men can you survive out there or do you need some more time to mature and then you'll get another turn to go around and go through that rite of passage hopefully in another so uh, many months time the thing with a lot of the rites of passage and why they have been skewed is unfortunately in modern society again our rites of passage, uh, passage have been distorted in regards to you know being able to have sex for the first time being able to go out and party and have a drink for the first time so what it all comes down to and what we did culturally straight from the get-go was protect our values by understanding our values and morals they will allow you to align and go back even if you come off the wagon on your journey now a lot of that part of uh, right of the passage that you're also talking about jay too is that we've got to understand too brothers that a lot of that rite of passage has got to do with the portal of pain 
So strength's not only about the physical. No, it's not, man. It's about how you overcome and how you can be resilient through any pain, challenges, or obstacles. That is the rite of passage. Yeah, I, I love that you brought the alcohol and women um, part into it because that was the world that I grew up in of like dreaming about the day I could first go to the bar and order a pint of beer and something about being able to take a few quid out my pocket and go up to the bartender and order a pint of lager means and, and she can check my ID at 18 in the UK or my fake ID when I was 17. She can check that. And she'll give me a beer and all of a sudden, oh, I'm a man now. Like, and then the other part is, oh yeah, yeah, I'm bringing this woman home tonight. And that means I'm the man. Yeah. And I look back on that and I'm like, wow, that's so sad and so shallow. And I mean, that was the world that I grew up in. So much alcohol, so much objectifying women. So much just going out, drinking, searching for women, looking for happiness at the end of a, at the bottom of a pint glass. And I guarantee you, I've looked hard enough. It's not there. There you go. Hey, Jay. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that what we're talking about is, or has a lot of connectivity with, with how um, everybody is seeing things outside of themselves through like social media and, and television movies and everything else. I mean, I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, what what part do you believe, Jay, is is our doubts or our disbelief in ourselves based on what we've seen and what we've grown up with? Because we're talking different cultures here, age wise. Yeah. Age wise, it was different in the '60s and '70s than it is today, as far as what's available. So what do you think, Jay? I think it was, well, it's a rabbit hole question. I mean, I think it's a rhetorical question you're asking me. Um, there, we're influenced on so, in so many ways. The influence is just, it, it's just like, it's coming at a rapid pace. We get it from home, which is coming from our culture, from our home culture. It's coming from society. It's coming from school. It's coming from, if there's a religion in, in, a, in a home, it's coming from, it used to be TV and movies. Now, you know, we've, that shifted into high gear with social media and the internet and uh, and gaming. And there's just, there's so much static. There's so much noise and there's so much programming and influence of, of how, how we are interpreting what we're seeing through our eyes and what we're feeling. And then we're measuring up or, or measuring down how we're comparing to even the, you know, the heroes, the, the superheroes. Uh, whether it was on TV uh, in the 60s and 70s or the 90s for my own children. And there's just, there's just, is so much, there's so much external influence. And I think what we, I think what I've heard tonight on Real Men Will Talk Live is it hasn't served us in our society as men to be attached to all of the programming, all of the influence that society continues to barrage us with. And I want to bring it back. I think that's a great question, Bear. Um, this morning, I listened to uh, an Instagram post that Danny's uh, girlfriend, Ellie, Ellie Lee did. And Danny, I want to invite you to kind of just give us a frame it up. I, I should have brought it on tonight. And 
I, I didn't, it didn't even cross my consciousness to this moment. But what was the, uh, what was your takeaway? Just a snippet of, of the story, what she shared and why did she bring you into that snippet? What, what happened for her? She asked me, we were watching a movie and she asked me if I thought the, the girl on the screen was, I can't if she used the word hot or beautiful, good looking to some degree. And I turned around to her and said, it's, it's not about that. It's about who you are. It's about who she is as a person. That's what makes them beautiful. And then we got talking about it. And, you know, this is something we're constantly going into. And the more that I heal, the more I become heart-centered. At the point now, like when I look at a woman on a screen, I'm not looking just at the physical attributes. I'm feeling into what kind of person is she? How kind is she? How connected is she to herself? How does she treat other people? There you go. It's far beyond just the just the physicality. And this is that shift. This is the new world that we all we're all speaking of, right? Is getting out of all of the programming. I mean, literally, as you were talking, I was programmed to have a bottle of whiskey and a glass of whiskey when I was a teenager next to my bed, because I thought that was what a man was. And like uh, that came up when you were talking. I was like, well, I forgot about that. You know, memory. Yeah. And yeah. like, it's not about the physicality and like looking at a woman on a screen. Yes, we can appreciate their physical beauty. It's not to take anything away from that at all, but their true beauty is their divine essence. All right. I'm going to bring us, I'm going to put myself on a hot seat right now because I listened to that video and it wasn't until I was on my descend from my play date with myself today on Cathedral Rock where I really thought deeply about the message that Ellie Lee shared. And she was just so, I could sense that there was no doubt. She was just so, I don't want to use the word proud, but she was just so happy that she's with a partner that is seeing a woman for more than the physical attributes. But that brought me to something I want to bring up tonight because we hear in society how, Men, uh, we objectify women, we sexualize women, uh, we're misogynist to women. We, you know, we, we get all these labels, generally speaking. But I brought it up uh, before we went live tonight. What, what role does, do so many women play in that? How many women, and, and, and if you're a viewer and you're, you're hearing me, you know, just, just take it on. Take, let, let me say what I'm going to say. How many women show their big breast cleavage it's pouring out from their shirts, from their dresses. Who's sexualizing who in that moment? Why, why are we being accused of sexualizing women, but yet women are sexualizing themselves as far as I'm concerned? Now, that's not a judgment. That's an observation. Bear, I'm going to invite you, Bear. What's your perspective on that? Well, everything is about who, who are they? Who are they? I mean, when they're when they're putting themselves out there, it's almost like an easy tell, like playing cards and everything. You got to tell you you always do this before you throw the hand in. It, it's an easy tell to find that it's almost the more they're trying to create or make up something. You get it? Make up something. The more they're trying to hide behind the wound, the more they're not seeing the truth of what's going on. And they don't know how to heal themselves. They don't know how to step into their divine self because it doesn't make sense to them. It's not, it's not their time, their moment to see how beautiful they are within themselves. There are so many people that we know 
that are just amazing people inside, but then they don't believe it themselves. They don't believe that they're worth anything. So they're going to cover it up or change things. People are doing so much shifting with who they used to be physically that they're losing fact of who are they spiritually? Who are they mentally? Who are they emotionally? You know, and, and it's unfortunate that we see it that way. It's unfortunate that they they believe in their hearts that that's exactly what they need to do to get attention or to get anyone to like them. So, yeah, it's 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 a sad situation, but it's on the individuals. It's on us for seeing it. It's on them for believing it. And it's on them for thinking they have to and us for thinking that we can benefit from it. So, yeah, it's pretty it's yeah. pretty unfortunate. What, what I'm hearing up there is uh, and I just want to clarify what I brought up was not me pointing a finger and blaming them for us sexualizing them. Right. I, I agree with you. I'm in total alignment that that when I look at it and I see it, I'm actually seeing I'm feeling the pain of that wounded soul. I'm seeing it. Yeah. at the deeper level, but I'm not seeing it with Google eyes. I'm not seeing it the way I used to see it as a man because I've done enough of that internal work now where I understand that when we're, when we're doing what we're doing, how we're dressing or the, the surgeries that we're doing to look different than, than who we are, that's their pain. And that's what their, that's their choice. It's not for me to judge them. But it's also not for me to dishonor them either. And when I can come from the true essence of compassion and understand that when we dress the way we dress and we look the way we look, it's it's really there, as you said, Bear, it's, it's really just showing uh, unhealed wounds. And as men, you know, how can we show up as a man is just come from love, come from respect and just see beyond the external because inside, there's a whole other story going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's never this or that, right. It's never, Oh, it's all women to blame. It's all men to blame. It's like, it's all of it. It's if all the men suddenly healed, uh, all of their wounds, then the women wouldn't feel the need to look like that. They would catch on very quickly. And if all the women decided, Oh, they healed all their wounds, all the men, wouldn't look at that then they would have to heal their stuff so i always see it as it's like i saw a woman today in the gym she was literally wearing a bikini top literally a bikini and all the men were you know i could see them all like staring at her and she was getting exactly what they want which was all of their attention and it's never oh this is something women have to heal and men don't this is something men have to heal and women don't it's we're in, this is oneness. We've all yeah. got to heal. If I'm attracted to that kind of woman, I've got to heal. That's my stuff. And I have to honor her. And just as you said, Jay, with like compassion and being like, oh, there is a wounded girl inside of there that's dressing like this. And so let me, let me show up divinely and offer that to her because that's what she needs. There you go. I love that, Danny. Ed, what do you make of all this? What do you make of all this chatter going back and forth? I, I, I think we've got to be fair too, because you know I can appreciate there are many beautiful sisters on this planet, man, and we've got to appreciate the feminine energy in regards to that sensuality, their own sexuality. You know, it's one thing; it's just part of the DNA that you know uh, a woman may look after herself and, and attract that particular attention within her life. 
The masculine energy is to give that attention. Feminine, receive attention. So I can appreciate if a woman has walked into her divine feminine energy and she's been able to express her sensuality and sexuality. But it's what you're talking about there when you start looking for that attention to fulfill those emotional wants, needs, or desires, or to be validated that it becomes a little bit of a challenge. So, yeah, it's out there. And at the end of the day, this is where the masculine energy has got to really think about one of those traits. Is there self-control? Is there self-discipline? Are you able to, you know, withhold some of that attention giving within your life? Are you able to place that attention on your own life to be able to pursue what it is you want to desire? So look, it can be it can be seductive. There's no doubt about it. But that really goes both again ways on the masculine and feminine energy. Because you gotta you gotta think two brothers and sisters, there's men just doing the same thing. And that's what it is. It's a it's a dance. It's a dance between the masculine and the feminine energy. This is sacral work stuff. Beautiful. Well, uh, you guys are not going to believe, but we're four minutes from the hour, and so yeah, we, we could we we have enough to we have enough to do another hour. There's no doubt. But uh, perhaps uh, we'll continue this uh, conversation on another episode. But with what time we do have left, I want to invite each one of my co-hosts this evening, the beautiful Danny Morley, Evis Love, and Soaring Teddy Bear. To, uh, to put a pretty bow in the show and uh, give us some closing thoughts. Uh, what were your takeaways from, from, our, from tonight's uh, topic, the meaning of manhood, and uh, any closing thoughts you may have in a moment here? Richard Keppel says he wants more. Well, if you want more, you got to keep coming back, brother. Just keep coming back. Cheers, man. I can, uh, I can start us off and just say thank you to uh, – all three of you for, you know, helping me understand this topic a little bit more and diving into it because it's been, uh, it's, it's definitely been challenging and on my mind quite a lot. And my main takeaway is uh, the work that I do is trust my heart and stop listening to any of the programs my mind and my brain is trying to tell me and to really stop looking at society for any sense of what masculinity is and to just keep looking inside of myself and keep looking at my heart. You know, this is the journey that I'm already on, but it's just that so refreshing reminder to hear that from other men, to hear other men say that exact same thing. It's like, okay, I am on the right path. I've just got to keep climbing that mountain. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am so grateful for this group. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. You guys are bringing the best of the best. And this is really about being at peace, being at peace with myself, being at peace with you, being at peace with everything around me, and just knowing that it's it's not coming from a an ownership of something. It's an ownership of self. And that I believe in my heart that when I do the right thing, when I'm going to do the right thing, it's going to be the right thing for everybody around me, not just for me. So bringing that balance of divine feminine, bringing that balance of 
compassion, kindness, but also, hey, not today. Boundaries, you know, it, it, we need to have more of that within ourselves. And I think, I think, Danny, I think you're in a great place. And I think you're sharing exactly what needs to be shared, your heart. Beautifully done. Yeah, magic brothers. Beautiful brother Bear. Beautiful Danny. Thanks for coming on again, brothers. Uh, I'll quickly wrap up. And um, yeah, look, for any of our brothers and sisters out there, you know, particularly some of you brothers that are going through a similar journey, you may have heard something tonight. Look, we're not out here, you know, uh, telling you to how, how to be a man. Intrinsically, in our own nature, we all know what it is to be a man as a man. What has happened, as we've experienced tonight, is that there may be some wounding from those earlier years that hasn't been able to be brought to the surface. So in that sacral space I call the sacred waters, once we do that work and we actually start to look outside, but not for validation, not for confirmation, we just look at our reality as a place that has current and is in aligned to those values that we want to pursue as a man from within that allows us then to be able to go into that soulless space see those three bottom chakras that's all masculine energy brothers but when we get into that solar it creates that willpower within our life to be able to go on the hero's journey to be able to go and climb the peak like our brother Danny. This allows us the action to be able to fulfill some of those dreams, wants, needs, and desires in our life through clarity, confidence, and courage. So, yeah, man, much love to all my brothers and sisters out there tonight again. Brothers, thanks for coming on. Look forward to seeing you again. I'm going to close out by uh, just sharing a, uh... Today, uh, I was out in a wilderness um, high up, uh, very high up in the mountains. And I took some time to really reflect on the topic tonight around manhood. And it brought me to my father. Whew. And I could say that I found peace tonight, today with my relationship, with my dad. It took 62 years to come here. But I spent some time just memories, thinking about not all the bad stuff, but really focusing on some of the good stuff. Some of the things my dad teach, did teach me. And that for me is part of the passage of manhood, is forgiveness forgiving our parents, our fathers, and our mothers that they did the best they could with what they knew and with what they didn't know. And uh, it's time for my dad to rest in peace. So whew, that was it for me. You know, uh, it was a beautiful day. That's why I came in emotional tonight, not because I was there. But there's freedom in that. There's freedom. There's peace in that. When we can release the pain 
the anger, the resentment from our childhood, from our caretakers. Um, that's when we really learn, I truly believe, what it means to be a man today. And with that, thank you guys for joining us tonight. It was a beautiful show. I loved it. Danny, amazing. Soaring teddy bear. You got three names now, brother. And Evis Love, as always, you always uh, you always drop in the wisdom heads. You guys were amazing tonight. I'm going to ask you to stay in the studio for a post-show wrap-up. But in the meantime, viewers, if you heard something that you like to love, please share it out with your friends and family. Uh, share it with someone that maybe is at the beginning or maybe someone that uh, you feel will get some value out of it. We love you. Thank you for supporting our show. And with that, we love you guys. Thank you for joining us on Real Men, Real Talk Live.